Life Radio. Stories at the intersection of music and life. Welcome to another episode of Music Life Radio. I am your host, Dan Sauter. Music Life Radio is a free podcast available on iTunes and your interwebs at musicliferadio.com, and it features interviews and stories about and related to music. Today on the program, we feature the San Francisco band, The Yesgos. Hailing from a punk rock background, considered reckless music, they've now moved on to a more stripped-down, garage rock, or Americana style of music. The Yeskos features Sophie Vogel, lead singer and guitar player, Lester Moore on drums and backing vocals, and Juna Gray on bass and vocals. Today in the studio, we have Sophie V and Lester Moore talking about the band. Welcome to Music Live Radio. We have Lester and Sophie from the Yesco's. All right. <laughs> and we're glad to be here. Thank you for having us. And who are we missing today? We're missing Juna. Our bass player. <clears throat> yeah. You've introduced yourselves, but talk about what instruments you play, what your role is in the band. Well, let's start with me. I'm Lester Moore. I am the drummer and backup vocalist, if you want to call it that, for the Yesco's. Um, I'm going to take it to another step up, right next to me, right here. Okay, I'm Sophie V, and I write a lot of the songs. I play guitar and sing and sometimes do backups when Juna sings lead. Juna's our bass player, and Juna plays bass, um, writes some of the songs, so I'm talking for her, basically. (laughs) And um, And she sings. Yeah, she sings. um, Yeah. And she she plays more than just guitar, too, or bass. She also is now venturing into playing lap steel, uh, stand-up acoustic bass, and electric stand-up bass, and keyboards. And I think that's it for right now. (laughs) Oh, and I'm, yeah, and I'm starting banjo, too, so just shows that uh, the Yes Goes, um, kind of don't like to stick to a genre specific type of style of music yeah okay so tell us about your background where you came from and some of your basic music influences and we'll go ahead and start with you sophie okay i was born in san francisco went to school in san francisco haven't moved from san francisco lived there all my life and so as far as music influences um Really interesting because uh, both my parents were extremely strict on me and they wanted me um, to concentrate on possibly doing acoustic guitar or any kind of reputable type of music, not rock and roll. 
Um, and jazz wasn't their bag either. They, they liked big band music. Um, and again, classical music and Greek music and Spain, Spanish music. So it was a real challenge for me to play guitar in front of my parents especially my mom. She was very, very critical. And what happened was I started playing, oh gosh, I started making my own instruments. I, I took a shoebox, oh, nice. put a hole in it, or, or cut a hole in it, and took this real thick rubber band. And I used to be able to do like, uh, a recognizable uh, jingle bells, and I can't remember two other songs, and it used to blow people away, but my mom used to say, don't encourage her, don't encourage her. I don't <laughs> want her to be an artist. I don't want her to be a musician. So it was really tough on me, and I built a huge complex about it, um, about playing music. And it was only until later where my uncle... Um, <clears throat> My uncle kind of stayed with us here and there. He was my um, he was eleven years older than me, and he started introducing me to Bob Dylan, Cream, uh, uh, Jimi Hendrix, and he started saying, "Now you got to play guitar like that," and that kind <laughs> of was even harder. <laughs> it was pretty tough. So those were like, he actually took me to a Bob Dylan concert and. Uh, at the time, I really didn't understand Bob Dylan. Um, I thought he sang horribly. And, you know, he started explaining to me why he sang the way he did. It was from the heart and such. And I started kind of breaking down my barriers of what I thought was supposed to be good music. Just from, like I said, what my um, parents had taught me. Also... Um, uh, oh, I went to a Catholic school, and there um, I got to play guitar in front of um, in front of people, but it was all religious hymns. Hmm. <laughs> but I did kind of get my experience of playing in front of people there. All right, how about you, Lester? Well, I too was born, raised, lived in San Francisco, never left except uh, to come over here and do an interview in Oakland. Uh, basically, <laughs> no, I lived in Oakland for a little bit. Um, few years back which i liked uh but pretty much born and raised san francisco lived there worked there all my life and all that kind of good stuff and uh, my influences were um pretty much uh radio fit i didn't have a lot of uh again i also went to catholic school had very strict right-wing conservative parents who steered me away from all that was happening right around me i have to write a book about this someday about how you can live at the epicenter of change and not see anything <laughs> Because I was blinded by it all. I was basically just living the life of whatever was on the radio, whatever was on TV. I didn't really think for myself yet. That came later. Uh, it was a little bit difficult to come to that realization, but it came later. Um, so my influences, well, I was a stoner, man. I was into Pink Floyd, of all things. I was into psychedelia psychedelic music punk rock was somewhere over there but forbidden dirty mm -hmm. evil <laughs> so i found out more about punk rock later on in life but it's never too late so that's where i'm at <laughs> yeah 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 same here for me in punk rock um <clears throat> when i was uh, it was it was kind of strange because um my friend and i were into the who and everything was fine with that. And then when I mentioned the Sex Pistols, 
I got X'd out. <laughs> and I really thought they were really great. And the DKs, I just went crazy over Loose Nuts. That song just in my head, it just kept in my head. And I just really identified with the angst of that material or that energy. And, and I was strange as it was. I was an only child. So I had to find ways of entertaining myself. And uh, I, I wasn't taught guitar, actually. I, I just, you know, I picked up the guitar by myself. That was my first instrument. <laughs> that yeah. was where the punk rock started. Yeah, so we talked about your first musical instrument. What was yours? And when did you start playing music, actually? Well, um, the skin flute was uh, my first <laughs> approach to music, but it didn't make the right sound. So uh, let's just uh, move beyond those days. And, you know, I tried to play a guitar. I got a guitar, I had friends that played guitar, let's rock, but I couldn't do it. I had no clue, I, no matter what they taught me, no matter what, no good. So Sophie V here was a guitar player who could sing, but singing was secondary to her. So she got a little bit more encouragement from, a, I guess, a, a voice instructor one day. And that same voice instructor said, hey, you, why don't you pick up some drumsticks and play with her? I'm like, me? I didn't think that was possible. Sure enough, it was possible. So I learned how to start playing drums, and that was my real first instrument. Anything else was just playtime, you know. Now, when was this around? What was the oh, date? Oh, this would have been, um, it came later in life. So I guess I would say it had to be, what, 10 years ago or something like that? Yeah. Somewhere in there. And uh, it's odd because uh, I had been trained from my Catholicism and my parental discretion and from the um, Republican Party and the right-wing conservatives, that music was a waste of time. That was, don't do music. You'll end up in the gutter. You know, musicians don't make any money. They're alcoholics, drug addicts, and they end up dying in the gutter. Get a real job. So that was the background. That was the background. Um, uh, I didn't know even how to begin to play music. That's why I couldn't play the guitar. I actually did play guitar in grade school at Catholic school, but it was all girls and I wanted to play sports, you know, so it was like one of those things. So um, it just came along that, you know what, you can play some beats. And I remember my mother always used to tell me, stop tapping the table. My dad would say, stop tapping the floor. So I was a drummer, just didn't know it. I just had to release the creativity and that came along when uh, Sophie V needed a uh, drummer to go with her guitar and vocals. So you were kind of a dashboard drummer. A lot of people, even uh, the drummer in my band was like that in the beginning. Some drummers don't know their drummers uh -huh. until they know, you know, and some maybe <laughs> never know. But yeah, dashboard drummer, definitely, definitely. And then, of course, when you put sticks in my hand, dashboard drummer became interior car wrecker. <laughs> <laughs> Mirrors got broken. Uh, yeah, a lot of stuff. But enthusiasm. You got to have that. To be, to be a drummer, you've got to have enthusiasm. You have to go above and beyond because it takes that to make a drum set roll. Oh, uh, definitely. So how did you two meet? Musically or personally? Boy, that's the two different stories. Well, let's start personally if that was earlier. Earlier, and yeah. it sounds like it was. Yeah, my best friend was dating his brother. <laughs> and, that never uh, out. <laughs> Yeah, and that's so funny because they ended up hating each other and we ended up sticking together. Mm -hmm. Um. And so we hooked up early on, but music wasn't part of our relationship then. No, not at all. It only came later when I was, um, <clears throat> I was 
playing in a, or not playing, but I was singing backups in this 80s band. And I started taking lessons, singing lessons from Katie Brown, who was in the Zazu Pits, who goes also, it was interesting because I was listening to Kathy Peck, and she had mentioned something about the Zazu Pits too. So it's a small world. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, when um, she said that Lester should start drumming and, or taking drum lessons, that's kind of how we hooked up. Yeah, it's funny because um, ever since I knew her, I knew she could play guitar, but it was sort of this guitar player in a closet thing, you know? I mean, she just, she would play stuff that no one else would play. I mean, I'd never heard before. Oh, she could play um, rock and roll hits and stuff like that easily. I mean, she smoked me, which made me put the guitar down for good <laughs> when uh, we were dating. Uh, we were going out and I'm like... Oh, yeah, she wants to come over to my place and play guitar. Oh, that's going to be a good night for me. I'm going to play some real heavy stuff. Really smoke this girl. Really get her to love me for my guitar <laughs> playing, right? I was Mr. Yeah, I got a case of beer ready. Everything. This is going to be a night to remember, you know? Well, uh, didn't take more than 15 minutes before I was pretty much hiding under my couch going, dude, you're an idiot. <laughs> she just smoked everything you did in less than five minutes. Less than five minutes. And that did put a real dent in my guitar playing career, which wasn't really existent anyway. Sorry. <laughs> Here's Red Moonlight by the Yeskos featuring Sophie V on guitar. Smoke on the water isn't going to do it. Man. 
no matter how badass you think you can play it, it doesn't matter. She went and played Behind Blue Eyes by The Who, and I'm like, oh, that's intricate guitar work, you know. And uh, that really, really, really uh, set me back a ways musically because I was devastated at that point. But still wanted to go out with her. We were, we were, uh, we were uh, courting each other, so to speak. And music was a part of it, but from different angles. I, she could play. She was a closet guitarist. Um, this gave me the ability to work a full day's work on her day off, put a guitar in her hands before I left in the morning, come back after eight and a half, nine hours. She's still playing the guitar. Yeah. You mentioned closet guitarist, and I, um, that's a literal description of me because I did play in the closet <laughs> because my mom would get really upset if she heard me practicing because, again, it was the whole theory that musicians and artists, you know, what actually it's almost true because, you know, I am a starving musician at this point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, we don't want to go but, there. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. But, yeah, I, I actually did play in the closet. I took my acoustic guitar and <clears throat> practiced in there. What worked for the both of us, too, was um, she was very aware of her guitar playing. And she was, as a modest musician, she didn't want anybody to hear it. She certainly kind of kept it in the, in the background. So when it was time to buy guitar strings, she didn't want to go down there and buy them because she didn't want to talk to people about music and stuff. She was very, very modest in her music making. So she would send the guy that knew nothing at all about it, me. <laughs> and with me, people were like, what the what? It didn't matter. All I knew is that I needed to get to guitar strings. Everyone thought I was a guitarist. No, I didn't play guitar. I didn't play anything. I was just in here to get some guitar strings. Really weird. But it worked. It worked. You know, the guy that knew nothing was the guy that would get the, the, the strings for the girl that knew everything. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. Uh, nah, I didn't well, know anyway, everything. I, mean, I, I yeah. was just basically terrified to play in front of people. Absolutely. And that was, the, you know, the whole... Um, Unfair complex that I had about playing in front of people. Well, that kind of works us into this. Once I started playing drums with her, I, I didn't get her music before. It was like yeah. a background to me. It was like I was, again, raised to learn how to make money, how to build a career, buy five houses, own six cars, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and this was background. It was like her hobby. I enjoyed it. I loved it, but I didn't get into it. Mm -hmm. Once I started playing drums, I went, my God, these songs are good. This stuff is real. I got to get a piece of this. I wanted to get involved in this. And then I got excited. And um, at that point is where the music began as a band. That's when you put me with my business skills. <laughs> I got to laugh about that. But in enthusiasm, let's get this show on the road. You're a good guitar player. You can even sing, even though you don't want to. Let's get some music out there. This stuff can go to number one. You know, that's how I felt. I was out, you know, remember that stuff. Over enthusiasm. I was out of my head. I was like, <laughs> if I would go to anybody and say, if this stuff isn't played here, you guys just missed out, man. All this attitude. It got me somewhere. It got me uh, at least through the door, let's just say. You know, so that's how the kind of beginning of what the Yes Goes became. So now, was this your first band and it was a together, or did you, Sophie, were you playing in other bands at all? Um, uh, no, really. I only was in the 80s cover band, but I was off and on there for eight, uh, five years. And what I did was um, I didn't really sing lead. I never really wanted to sing lead. I love doing harmonies. I have an ear for music. So harmonies were the easiest thing for me to pick up. Um, so I got comfortable with doing that in front of people um and then as far as the first real 
rock band. It was Rotten Core and um, no, 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 okay, no, it was no, Six no. Susan. We formed a we, band called Six Susan, the two of us. It was so just uh, that was our first band. That was the first band. Both of Both us. Of us. Both okay, of us. Yeah. and uh, I was a drummer. She was a guitar player, singer in the front, and that was that. And that was it. And it was um, it was about playing our hearts out to a point where the sweat and blood poured out. There was only two of us. We knew that in the San Francisco music scene, you got to bring some sound. So the only way we knew how to do that was to beat the shit out of ourselves, basically. And we did. We did. We had to really play hard. And we ended up um, doing okay at the very beginning, but we needed a bass player. And so we ended up with a bass player named Blue Lou from Rotten Core. He joined us, helped us become, and in turn, we joined his band. But let's let's go back a little bit because I, I wanted to explain or or give a colorful um, okay. description of how that came about. Um, basically, we were looking for venues to play, and then where was it? Uh, oh, the, uh, it was called uh, Club Gallia, which is now Gallia. the Blue Macaw over on Mission Street. And uh, right um, to put it together, we had at the time trained two Hungarian girls who had no musical experience to become our band. Yeah. So we had um, one girl as a lead singer, one girl as a bass player, Sophie V over here on the guitar, me on the drums, and we were called Wednesday Night. That was the name of the band. <laughs> and we were going to do our first show. Their visas were not going to be renewed. They got shipped out three days before our first show. And we yep. were like, uh-oh. Yep. So now we got to do it ourselves. Exactly. And that was over. Now, in order to book that gig, which is even funnier, and they're, they're Hungarian. They're, they were Hungarian girls. They were very cute, by the way, too. So that was... You know, it's good. Um, the, um, we went down to the Blue Macaw, which uh, at the time was a venue with um, all different kinds of performance, um, a San Francisco-style performance. You never knew what was going on there. So I went up there with my, again, my we're the best, no one's heard this, we're number one attitude, and said, can we go ahead and book here? We, gotta, we managed to get an, a date. We managed to get a date. Um, it was in the future, about a month, but we had to bring a CD, which we had a very raw CD, no, actually a very polished CD of her singing and playing guitar. It was enough to, it was enough to use as a demo. So we went back to the Blue Macaw and announced that Six Susan was here. Mm-hmm. Six Susan was here to deliver a CD. Well, However, we didn't know there was a big drag show going on in there, and they thought <laughs> I was Six Susan. And then there was this, all this hustle and noise in the background, and they opened the curtain, and they said, Six Susan is in the house and all this applause and I'm like going, uh, oh, oh, oh. It took me a while, just a few seconds. To and get- of course you played. Uh, and also the girls were still with us. Oh, then. this is beautiful. <laughs> we so, had no idea. We just walked into we some were- performance. It was, yeah. a, it was a beautiful performance of, of, of basically some drag queen action. And I thought, they thought I was going to go in the bathroom, strip down, and come out as Six Susan. I had carte blanche to everything. And I'm the drummer. I'm like the, 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 like the, the guy that's like in the background of the band. And they just, Six Susan, they thought I was going to be the biggest queen of the house that night. And, yeah, and, it didn't help that I had my red, fluffy, furry jacket, and I put it on you. And an that, entourage. Oh, yeah, yeah. That just added to the... Visuals of it just it was it oh was, six Susan oh six, six Susan. Susan is here six oh, Susan is here and six Susan blah, blah, blah. we had no idea what we just walked into but it was a big party it was great yeah, it was we just great played party. it off and got the CD to the Booker and everything was cool we played our first show without the two girls that were supposed to be with us they were basically 
had to leave the country to what three days before right it was one of those hundred degree days in san francisco we're sweating like pigs we're going in there and we had to do it as a duo and we did yeah and we, and did, we did very fine. well we did very well and that's America. that's where our our first bass player um came to us and said you know you need a bass player i want to play bass for you guys and so what happened is he played bass with us and then somehow we integrated into his band, which was mm -hmm. called Rotten Core. That's right. There Rotten you go. Core. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he had a cable access TV channel on, you know, that he could get us on there and stuff. So we did a lot of fun kind of crazy stuff. He was a big comic guy, you know. He liked uh, uh, characters. And every band member had to be a character. Well, I forgot if you were just, uh, what was your character? Oh, man, it was pretty bad because he used dolls on the show. Oh, yeah, we all had And dolls. the music. <laughs> and so, you know, it was like G.I. Joe's and all these weird, whatever, Captain America. He was Captain America, of course. And, yeah, it was um, bizarre. I was like, wait it, a minute. What was, are these depictions of us? Yeah, it was <laughs> kind of strange. So, Which reminds us of another thing. This was a good story, real quick. Um, uh, Six Susan got merged in with Rotten Core, but they were still kind of separate bands. They were definitely separate bands. He couldn't make a show once, so we were booked to do a street fair. Oh, yeah. In a very conservative district of San Francisco, um, over, over... Noe um, Valley. Upper Noe Valley. Oh. And apparently, we were misbooked. They thought that there was going to be some sort of... Oh, blues band blues or something. band, yeah. And Six Susan was a duo punk rock band. Colored hair, you name it. We go to this street, and they had the fire department and police department there, and they were obviously residents of this block. And there was obviously some, um, uh, let's say, some issues with people on the block. So uh, we pull up there in two beat-up old cars with expired tabs, smog blasting out the backs of them, uh, overloaded, and people said, oh, my God, there's a real band here. I, they were terrified. I mean, they were absolutely terrified. <laughs> they were thinking, terrified. We had no clue. We had no clue. This one guy befriended us, and I guess he was a, I think he was in the police department, but he. Yeah, it was all the fire, fire yeah, department. Fire. And, and he befriended us. He started making um, help, uh, with uh, Patron margaritas for us and Excellent. saying, don't let them scare you. And we had no idea what we were getting into. So the first thing we did, the only thing that saved our asses was letting every little kid in the neighborhood play on the drum kit before we played. That gave, them, gave us this, okay. Other than that, as soon as we started playing, half the audience disappeared. Doors were getting closed. People were locking up their kids. This is, they thought we were yelling profanities and all kinds of things. And it was really, really bad. I mean, it was, and they were telling us to play covers that we'd never even heard of and all this mellow stuff. And we're like, dude, and the guy came up, don't let him scare you. Don't let him scare you. Keep playing, keep playing. Because and it was great. one of those shows where we did really well, but these winds came up, knocked the, all the, uh, the, the speakers down. I put my, it, it was all at a weird moment. Then I put the uh, kick, the kick pedal went right through the kick drum. Your and strings I, busted off. Right at the last song. And, 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 and the guy kept coming up, don't stop because of them. And we're like, we can't play anymore. We have no equipment that works anymore. And, and they promised that they would feed us and get us drunk. And they, 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 they did not promise. renege on the promise. They fed us. But no one would talk to us. Everybody kept like five, ten feet away from us. And I'm thinking... We're not but like they, creatures from what another it, planet. What it was is that I really didn't realize that our speakers were really loud. <laughs> we, were, we had no and, clue. Yeah. You know, it's supposed to be a block party, but you could hear us four blocks down. 
Um, so there. They were <laughs> expecting kind of like a, 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 a blues, a blues like, duo, something really quiet, you know, nothing, not electrified, not with these big amps. That we, we had big stuff put up there. We had just so much stuff put out on the street. And, and then we blasted the hell out of them. It was hilarious. No, and, and what scared them, I think, as far as the profan- profanities, we have a song called Suck together suck together okay suck together, but you yeah. say that fast and suck together, suck together, suck, suck, suck. they thought we were saying something else and boy right. i could see the, the the parents putting their hands over the kids ears they were being shooed off and doors were being slammed windows were being closed and we just kept on playing as loud as we could it was really quite a All reaction that's why quite a reaction so well no that's a great story that's a uh, pure rock and roll right there They didn't like us, but they were expecting something different, and we went and gave them something they didn't expect. That block was never the same after that, ever. I could tell you that. You knew that too, didn't you? We got really drunk for free, by the way. <laughs> that was quite wonderful. One thing Sophia wanted to mention was how you guys got your name, so go ahead and tell us that story. A band called Black Furies. Some of you have heard of them. Um, a good, good rock band, San Francisco band. They had an album out um, with some songs that we wanted to cover. And the first song on the record was called uh, Total Resistance, right? No, Offer Offer Resistance. resistance. Thank you for the memory check there. And uh, Sophie taped the song for me so that I could practice. And the song began with four chants. And they went, yes, go, yes, go, yes, go. Yes, go. But it wasn't like evenly placed. Bad. It was. Yes, go. Yes, go. Yes, go. Yes, go. Like that. Okay, that's how they were. That is correct. And so, of course, I'm practicing, learning the song, and uh, Black Furies were playing Bottom of the Hill one night, so we had to go see them, push our way up to the front because they were a pretty popular band at the time. And uh, I get up there, and I'm right at the front before they're starting and they're getting their instruments tuned and i'm yelling yes go yes go yes go yes go yes go and uh cliff the singer turns around to me and he goes dude what is your problem (laughs) and i said problem he goes what's the yes go and i go well it's your problem you guys recorded it at this moment somebody from behind me thought i was harassing the band headlocks me and throws me down on the ground (laughs) she's telling she's pointing going no 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 she's telling me she's telling me no 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 and she grabbed me up as i'm getting out of a headlock and said, it's only been recorded once on there. 
I put it on there four times and I felt like an idiot. <laughs> so that's how yeah, it got It was my fault. I, artistic expression. I mean, it just sounded so good at the beginning of the song. It was so strong. It was about motorcycles. And I thought, oh, that's so cool. I can just time to space this out perfectly and um and so i did it that way but i really didn't think he would think that's how the song started and well that's how that it started really, i really believe that was yeah, how it started that, and we had their blessings that yes we've given you your name absolutely and um their bass player is currently in uh, the grannies um who are playing quite around town quite a bit and well not quite a bit but at the right times and um uh, they're they're all good musical people, and they're the ones that got us our name. Yeah, with a little help from Sophie V over here. <laughs> yeah, the Grannies. I I think a lot of people know or have some kind of relation with that band. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. They generally will not disappoint you. Uh, they're kind of a fun band to see. So if you haven't seen them, go see them. If you have seen them, go see them again. You know the rules. <laughs> <laughs> you know the rules. So can, can you tell me how your music has evolved over time? I know you guys started off as punk rock, but you really kind of changed to more of a Americana rock, kind of a, a mix of styles. Right. I would attribute most of that to do with Juna. And um, Juna started writing more songs, and we started doing more of her songs. And one of our influences were Wire, and Wire had all kinds of different songs and the whole idea of stripping down to more of the bare sound of the instruments really appealed to us um you know without becoming an art band um i really love the sound of um something that's kind of almost sounding strange at times and the americana part um just really seemed to become more um more honest and since we're you know we're about being an honest band you know it kind of really fit and so we're moving on to what's coming up and what i've noticed too is um a lot of oh the overproduced albums and overproduced music isn't as appealing that really doesn't have to do with us following the times or anything it really just has to do with us you know, we did the whole loud as you can go, uh, you know, sound. But well, the best description of what we were before was reckless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, 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 uh, and, and rowdy. And um, right. it played out really well for a good start. I mean, we had a good start. We, yeah. uh, we befriended a, a band, or they befriended us, uh, called The Swillers. And uh, they're still around, and they're, they were punk rock as could be at the time. And... Um, um, they loved us and they got us shows and that's kind of got us going. Uh, but we were all about like, so what if the drum kick gets broken or why not throw the snare drum out into the crowd? It was just, it was just, it was raucous. It was, it was like all about like, if we're not bleeding and sweating, we're not playing right kind of thing. You know, it was like that. And that was good for its time. It was a beautiful thing. We played as loud and hard as we could, just right. the two of us. And that's when Juna came in, right. our bass player. And Juna looked and she watched us a couple of times. She came from a band called... Uh, uh, yeah, she was playing in this goth band called Betty Black. And uh, she saw us and we were reckless, but original <laughs> oh and raw. And she knew that all we needed was a, you know, a rounding uh, 
uh, stability. No, like a well, trunk, yeah. a tree, because yeah. we we tend to go off of each other and feed off of each other energy-wise. When you play like I play, I don't play rhythmically even. Mm -mm. I play with a lot of emotion, uh, which is good and bad. If you're a duo, it starts to sound almost like an art band. Yeah. It, right? Well, I would chase her on the drums. I would chase her. And, and, and it was kind yeah, of and we didn't know how to play crap. So <laughs> no. I taught him the drum beats, you know, which, which some of really, them are really, really cool. Yeah, they're some really strange really, drum beats. Yeah. So that's when Juna came in, she kind of um, uh, stabilized yeah. us, um, rounded us out a lot. Rounded us, yeah. Made we us had uh, auditioned some other bass players, but nothing really ever worked out. So we continued to be the duo. And, but she was the. The last person I would think would be our our bass player. She just seemed like she was so like she seemed so solid, mm -hmm. and we were so reckless. Why would you put those two together? That's yeah. not going to work. That's actually exactly what we needed. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's and, exactly what. Happened. And the 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 thing is how it has evolved too. Originally, when I first started the, I started the band. Um, I just had you know original. I really didn't think of any bands in particular. I just kind of took what I had in my head that was rolling around like at three in the morning or whatever. And the closet musician comes music. out. Yeah, put it to music. <laughs> I really liked um, the bar feeders. Yeah, the bar feeders. And they have a great sense of humor to their music. and But yet they were a solid, strong band. And I kind of was thinking of kind of almost fashioning our band out to be like that and so i had some songs that had double meanings and um but i used to kind of emphasize the funnier side of the songs where she started polishing us out to uh, well to to kind of downplay that and be appear more professional mm -hmm. or you know which continued to go in that direction where you know we started actually practicing more and <laughs> <laughs> getting more getting completely drunk and all this yeah. other stuff. you know we, we just it's um i give june a lot of credit because uh uh we played a show once at uh, lennon studios and uh another band was coming in behind us and i knew they used to like to drink a lot so i started to drink all of the beer before they started <laughs> to drink all of the beer and we get up and play a set and i thought i was the god of drums I had no idea. I was drunker than... You can't imagine how bad it was. We sucked. And we were horrible. I mean, it was absolutely terrible. I just didn't get it. And Juna came up to me after this, this episode of my greatness and said, um, so Lester, why do we practice? And it just put me back weeks and weeks of all that practice to go and put on a piece of crap because you decided to out-drink everybody. And... That, that's what is important in the band. No one wants to see people just be drunk and play <laughs> crap. No. I mean, San Francisco, Oakland, there's some standards here. There's some competitiveness. There's some, there's, there's some pride here. You don't put junk on any stage around here without it getting thrown off real fast. So um, it was a lesson to me. If you're going to play music, don't get drunk and make a bunch of noise. Play a show. People pay to see you. They don't want to see a bunch of drunks throwing stuff around. They want to see people play some real music. So that's a tribute to Juna there because um, she helped me realize, let's get serious here. Let's put on a real show. People came to see music, not comedy. <laughs> yeah, and Juna's influences, well, she has quite a few too, but um, definitely the Velvet Underground and mm -hmm. Lou Reed. And um, 
she had that style of writing and she compared me to Johnny Thunders because of the sloppiness, I guess, and mm -hmm. the tightness. And so put that together with an enthusiastic drummer and that's what we've, we are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and my enthusiasm was uh, above and beyond because, again, the music bug hit me later. When I realized how good her songs were and what that we could make this work and that people actually dug what we were doing, the enthusiasm continued to climb. You need enthusiasm to play drums. Drums are a very physical instrument. Um, a real drummer can play for an hour. There's a lot of people that can play for five minutes really well, but, you know, that's all they can do. And I, no, I don't give any, I give all the credit to anyone who even picks up a pair of sticks and tries to play something that's rhythmic. But um, having enthusiasm means a lot. Having enthusiasm helped us get our name up there. Mr. Lestimore was out there putting stickers and flyers. I mean, I got in so much trouble with the police and everything for everything I was doing out there because, is this your building? No, then get all that crap off of there. Uh, who, oh, badge and a gun? Yeah, get the stuff off of there. You know, that kind of thing. So, and uh, it worked well. We worked well with getting our name out there. That was part of, you have to get your name out there. So, of course, I went out there with the, we're the biggest, baddest band that's ever played. And if we haven't played this club, you guys aren't worth the ground you stand on. I mean, that whole attitude got me in a lot of shit, of course. But at the same time, we got the name out. It worked. It worked. Yeah. I have a question about what's the story behind the Commander Cookie Wolf? Yay. <laughs> that's uh, a Sophie V answer question. Uh, I was playing at, we were playing at uh, Johnny V's in San Jose. And I saw this very enthusiastic, beautiful girl and dressed with a dress, like a summer dress, not like a punk rocker, not the usual fare of audience that you would expect at a, you know, at a punk bar. She was dancing really enthusiastically and such, but she was an odd creature. And I'm going to say odd creature because she really looks like she could come out of a Feline, what is it, Fellini uh movie uh she she well she def now we found out that she is italian her name is anna marie she looks she, like a librarian she looks like a librarian yeah. but yet she's she seemed pretty daring i mean she danced to all our songs which was unusual and then afterwards when i went to compliment her she was carrying a tray of cookies and um, and then she offered us free cookies, and they were amazing. And she offered everybody free cookies. And then I thought, wow, you are an amazing person. And you're going to, you know, if you continue to do this, why do you do this? And she said, oh, because I appreciate, you know, the great music. And that's almost how she speaks. She almost speaks like a like a, a teacher, like an English teacher or something. And oh, oh, and it was so exciting. And you guys yeah, are true, so much fun and such. And, you know, and then I started finding out that she was also going to other clubs and, and seeing other bands that we knew. And she was supporting basically the music scene. And I told her, you are something so unique and so wonderful that, you know, you're going to become famous somehow, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, on a short scale, of course. But, um, you know, continue doing what you're doing and, you know, you're just, you're amazing and such, you know, as a matter of fact, you're inspiring me and I'm going to write a song about you someday. And I continue to see her come to our shows and come to, come to our friends' shows and she started dressing a little less, oh, Librarian. <laughs> librarian and, and she started becoming a little bit more daring 
Um, and she used to also compliment me the way I dressed and such. And, um, oh, do you think this would work and such? But she always kept her glasses. And I thought I really respected her for that because she always kept her identity. And she never really changed that much, even though she would wear crazy outfits and such. Oh, uh, the other thing, too, about her is she was one of those people, I've never seen anybody do it, but she actually would cover her mouth when she would laugh. Not in, uh, like, oh, 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 type of way, but more like, if I said anything kind of daring or or dirty. risque or dirty, <laughs> she'd go, oh, 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 you know, and, I, and it almost seemed unreal and un, um, ungenuine. But it was really her, and that was the way she was. And yet, I couldn't really shock her at the same time, which was strange. It's, it's like she had, she was quirky enough to be able to handle anything, and so that was just, like I said, a huge inspiration to me. And um, and not and to so, mention, uh, a lot of bands wanted to write a song about yeah. Amanda yeah. Wolf, but it became sort of this little inside thing amongst bands, like, well, I'm going to write a song before you do. I'm going to write a song before you do. I'm going to write. But Sophie beat him to it. She I beat him quickly. to it, but the the uh, meat sluts did put her in a video. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. Because it was kind of not a war. It was a rivalry, or I'm uh, not even a rivalry because that sounds unfriendly. But it was funny, like uh, because uh, Beth, loudmouth Beth from the meat sluts and other bands in the past, she was so inspired by the generosity of Miss. Cookie Wolf, Commander Cookie mm -hmm. Wolf. I don't even know exactly whether if she came up with that name herself or because also she used to, the phenomenots are claiming that they were the ones who started her off and such. So <laughs> I really don't know who it she, was. She, she always had her cookies though. She brings them to every she, show. She's beloved and just everybody in the entire Bay Area music scene knows right. and loves her. There's nothing in the cookies but love because everybody always asking, especially me, what's in the cookies? No, Come on, what's in the cookies? Right, right. Nothing but love. No, and, and no, what's funny, taste. what was really cool is we were playing a lot with um, Luca Brasi. Mm -hmm. And uh, Roxy is a pure vegan. Mm -hmm. And so she had to start changing her recipe to be able to encompass everybody. Yeah. You know, and I thought that was really interesting because she started learning how to make vegan chocolate chip cookies. Mm -hmm. And I just I thought that is really really awesome. It just well, it took me a while to write the song, but mm -hmm. I also made it in the fashion of her not her image but her personality which was sweet yet a little bit naughty. A little naughty, oh yeah. A little bit naughty and she she has gone <laughs> way past where I've ever gone. I'm sure that many of you know her and have and seen her throughout the Bay Area. She is venues. definitely an amazing creature. She's so enthusiastic she would go to three venues in one night. Yes, three or four. And that was the other thing, too, is that she would travel. And she used to live in San Francisco, and she would go all over the Bay Area. San Jose. She was actually San Jose. It's, oh, or San Jose. She used to live in San Jose. Yeah. I didn't even know. And yeah. she would be at the San Francisco shows. One of the things, for you know, as a musician, and you... I'm sure you know this too, Dan, is it really is a wonderful feeling when um, somebody in your audience comes over to you and says, oh, I really love your music, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But if they go and they actually point out a song and then they'll say, oh, what were you saying? And this song that sounded, I think you were saying, you know, Sunday or something or whatever. And they actually 
they make a point, you know, to point out exactly what they liked. That is like a million dollars to me because, you know, that's not only were they listening, it's it's something that touched them and made and made an impression on them. She's that goddess cookie queen. Commander Cookie Wolf is rocking the scene. Chocolate vegan peanut butter or not. Goddess cookie queen. about fans coming up to you and they're telling you about what the music kind of means to them or at least a song but overall for each of you go ahead and uh, answer what that what that what does music mean to you well, I'll start on this one um, it's freedom it's therapy it's a beautiful thing it's not about money it's I mean money's nice but that's not what it's about um, when I'm on that drum kit with my band ahead of me in front of me and we're ready to play a show there's no feeling like it there's nothing even close. Well, sex might be close. It's something like that. It's a, it's a, it's a high that is not defined by any, any drug or anything you've ever experienced before. It's just, it's, um, it's a wonderful, like, it's like heaven on earth. That's what it means to me is that I get 30 minutes, maybe 45 minutes of pure bliss. And no one can take it away from me. No one can touch it. It's a beautiful thing. It's just, um, that's what it is to me. It's the freedom of expression and the freedom of everything. There's no fear. There's no, there's no hate. There's no, there's not, it, it's just, it just rocks, man. It's the <laughs> best. So that's what it means to me. That's exactly what it means. A good yeah. answer. Yeah. yeah. Music for me is, a, it has no boundaries not only music boundaries, just life boundaries. That's where you can go anywhere and do anything. You can play anything. You can play any instrument and non-instrument and make some kind of a pattern that will inv uh, invoke some kind of emotion. And whether it's a happy emotion or a sad emotion, it's a way of expression. And so music for me has become a lifestyle and it's something that I suppressed, I tried to suppress when I was a child for many years. And finally now, it's, it's freedom also for me too. It's, it's a sense of freedom, but it's more than just freedom. It's a necessity. Well, the importance, showtime is showtime. It doesn't matter what kind of day you had. All of us will play with the flu, with injuries, with mental illness. That's my department. Um, with anything... <laughs> You know, whatever it is, when it comes time to play, that gets all put aside. It's time to play. 
It doesn't matter what came up to that point. It's that important to us. It's time to get on that stage and deliver a show. And nothing holds us back. I mean, right. we, we do it. That's what right. we do. We love doing that. So you know, no matter what happens, I mean, you could have calamity after calamity happen. But when showtime comes, showtime is there. All right. I have a question for you, Mr. Moore. <laughs> so, you, you're, uh, so Dan asked about what does music mean to you? But to me, what you're describing is live music performance. Mm-hmm. How about music outside of performing? What wow. does that mean to you? It's both intellectual and emotional. It's, uh, music is a language. Music is the sixth sense. Um, I've noticed that humans on Earth, animals and birds and so on, they don't really think too highly of us. They, we've pretty much done a lot of damage to the planet. We've pretty much destroyed their habitat. But there's one thing they do respect, and that's music. There's something about music that, that they understand that they're like, okay, we'll give you a big, big plus for that. Everything else sucks. But um, music is a, is a language. It's a vibration. It's a feeling. And when I listen to other music, um, it's intense. It's just, uh, it's also somebody else's interpretation of something. Um, it, and I can't say... You know, genres, you know, my genres continue to expand. Before I got into music, I was all like rock and roll and punk rock. That's all that matters. Metal. Nothing. Everything else was crap, right? No, that's not true. Now I've expanded my horizons to listen to all kinds of things, things that I never even would have thought I would listen to. Even the music of my parents going way back is now of value to me. Before it was like, oh, I wouldn't listen to that. Now I'm listening going, it's music. It's a different style of music, but it's, it's music. It's that language that we all speak. And it's, it's an international language. And yeah, why not expand your vocabulary a bit and, uh, and, and listen to other stuff? Which gets into my next question then is, I know you guys have been doing Yeskos for a long time, but what other musical projects or interests do you have that are expanding your, your horizons, so to speak? I, I learned how to play drums. One thing I learned in playing drums is um, the first thing, and that's really important. This is not all about me. Um, just making a bunch of noise and standing up and playing the cymbals as hard as I could. No, no, it's not about that. It's about rhythm. So once I learned how to play rhythm and learned that the drummer is a bass instrument, it's, it's, a, it's, it's from the floor up. You need a strong drummer. I got invited to play with a lot of other bands. So I played with Luca Brasi, which is real forward, heavy MC5 style rock and roll that just will blow you right through the back door. Um, the other project I'm currently in, other than the Yeskos, is the uh, Meat Hook and the Vital Organs band, <laughs> which is um, shock rock, uh, chaotic, um, anything can happen. There's only two types of shows that we have, when we're at our best and everyone loves us and we can fill the house, and when we're at our worst, when every venue bans us, pulls a plug on us and throws us out and says we can never come back again. It's those two. It's either, there's no in between. And that's the other project I'm in. I love being in that project because I get to explore, I don't know what to say. Yeah, I can, I can wear a dress. I can throw dolls at the audience. I can uh, medical blood pump people in, in the audience. I mean, people get mad. I mean, equipment gets wrecked. Venues get mad. Um, we can do all that. It's also, it's, there's some good tunes in there too, you know, if we play them right. But you never know whose guitar is going to go out or what's going to get broken or what gets exploded or blown up or stuff like that. And it's, it's, an, exciting, it's an exciting thing. Um, that's the other project I'm in. 
and uh, I, I, I love, I love them both. So that's great. You're busy. Yeah, I'll let Sophie go next. I got to play a little guitar on the side for Tiki Hausman. She does her own writing. She's a bass player. Uh, that worked out, and I, every once in a while I get to jump in, and, and I'm really lucky that she allows me to express my own way of playing, and she likes my energy when she's seen me in the Yes Goes. Um, so every once in a while I jump into that one. And then uh, Girls with Guns, which is Lonnie. Lonnie's had That's the Lonnie. band for about 10 years, and it's her own concept, which is kind of like Bikini Kill yeah, meets... Yeah. Um, uh, Patsy Cline meets oh gosh oh uh, June Carter, <laughs> but it's dirty girl rock. yeah dirty girl <laughs> rock and it's really fun for me because I don't have to sing and so all what I do is play guitar I get to play fast I get to play country style guitar if I want and then just pure punk rock three chord rock and roll that real fast real fast really fast <laughs> yeah. And it's it's so much fun with that, and um, and then recently I've gotten to just um, sing um, with the victims, with victims I should say, know the victims, so the legendary VKT. victims. Um, so it's been really fun. How did you get hooked up with the victims? Yeah. Or how did you get hooked up with victims? There you go. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you stand it's, it's, it's so easy to put the the in there. The Yeskos share um, practice space with the Jelly Brains. And John is in the Jelly Brains. And John was a guitarist or is the guitarist in Victims. And so it was kind of a convenient thing. But also, we, John and I kind of have similar um, sensibilities about music. So we respect each other. And sometimes we just talk about different things and such. And then he, he happened to mention that, you know, he was doing this uh, victims thing about two years ago and that maybe I could try out, you know, that they had been considering possibly me and whatever. And I was quite flattered. And also, I wasn't sure about me just being a lead singer in that band. It was nice because I was set in a comfortable space because what he said was, well, there's going to be other singers also. And so we're going to try different singers here and there. And supposedly they had tried one singer before and it just didn't work out. It wasn't the right fit in some way. So when I knew I was going to be in the company of... Um, Mary St. Mary and Kathy Peck and maybe Chelsea from Bite, I was I was kind of more comfortable with that instead of just being the, the lead singer. And then Terry was Terry Morris. It was her concept to put the put victims, victims <laughs> together TMS. again. And um, so what they did was they did the benefiting from San Francisco's needle exchange. Right. Okay. Uh, right. So it was her idea. And so then she she jumped in and sang some songs, too. And so it was a really wonderful thing because it was a benefit. So it wasn't as much pressure as victims getting together reunion. at reunion. And uh, so that happened with No Alternative. We played uh, with that. And um, that went over really well at Bender's about two years ago. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the um, Mabuhe Punk reunion uh, came about 
And with victims, they definitely wanted to, to play that because they had shared a lot of experiences and memories with a lot of those bands, actually. They were uh, pretty consistently playing the Mabuhe um, when that first started. So they were a big part of that. And then they decided, well, you know what? As a warm-up, let's, um, let's see if we can do some, some more um, shows before that. Or, Well, what happened was they got one show the day before, <laughs> which was Friday at the... Where was that? Great American Swedish No, that music. was at the um, Café du Nord. Café du Nord. Right. And that went mm -hmm. really well. And it was like a pre-warm-up. And it was only Kathy and I and... Um, no, Terry. For that Terry. show. Terry, Terry and I, I'm sorry. And then Kathy joined us for the reunion party itself. And uh, then we had another show um, about two weeks later at the um, knockout with... Um, Nihilist Cunt and uh, Nanash774, right. which was um, the Vomica, a, a, a band from the 90s, a, a yeah, Japanese punk band. Mm -hmm. So that went well. And so, so far, the big. And Bad Coyotes. And ba Bad Coyotes, exactly. So, so the energy has been really, really wonderful around the victims uh, playing together again. And as a matter of fact, tonight they're doing another interview in san francisco so it's been really fun it's um you know and we'll just take it as it goes we'll see where that goes um i'm just really fortunate to be able to um sing with them they're really a fun bunch of guys yeah, and yeah. have a lot of history a lot of personality it's remember. always a pleasure and they're such talented musicians that it's just it's really a humbling, wonderful experience. And a special thought from inside the musician's studio here. <laughs> um, if you are a guitar-playing singer, imagine what happens when you take the guitar away and let that singer sing. Imagine what happens when you take the mic away and let that guitar player guitar play a guitar. Um, it's amazing how much performance can change when things are mixed around a little bit. Not necessarily changing instruments, but just removing one. And I don't think a lot of people know that unless you've really been up there doing it. It's quite a trick to play two things at the same time, a vocal and an instrument. Take one away and all kinds of things happen. So you can see that with Sophie here. Um, with Girls With Guns, it's all guitar. She can run around, do all kinds of crazy stuff. She's not held down by that mic. Yeah. And in Victims, she can sing her heart out, jump around, go whatever. There's no guitar cord to hold her. I know there's remotes out there now and so on, but it's still, there's a difference. So it's something to be noted. Yeah. Something to be noted. Yeah. Very important I'll, to know. I just wanted to uh, jump in and say, I'll never forget uh, Joe Dean from now the band Tender. Tender. Which, which who we're going to be playing with on Friday. Um, he was also in Jesse Morris and the Man Cougars mm -hmm. and a few other bands, Wifey and all those. But anyway, I remember when he heard about me or he saw me doing or or he heard that I was going to do Victim's show, and he said, how are you going to do it? How are you going to stand up there without your guitar? How is yeah. that going to feel? And then I told him, you know, I said, well, it's a different feeling, no doubt. It, it you know, it, it could be like you feel like you're naked, yeah. or you could <laughs> feel like you're liberated, and you can take <laughs> it in whatever direction the music pulls you to, so... 
That's a good way of looking at it. For me, I play guitar and sing, and if I just try to do one, uh, I mean, I mean, if I'm just trying to sing, I find it difficult because uh-huh. I feel the notes resonate through my body, and that's how I kind of lock into the the right pitch. <laughs> well, in, in recording sessions, some exactly. uh, when you're going to record vocals and guitar, uh-huh. of course, some guitar playing vocalist will continue to play the guitar just silently yes or else they can't sing a song it's very common but it is i can imagine being very liberating when you can break away from that especially if you were singing and now you don't have to and you can just play the guitar it could be terrifying too i guess if you're uh the other way if you don't have a guitar imagine me with a whole entire drum kit in front of me now let me go up and sing a lead well, I'm Lester Moore. Well, I can probably pull that off. You're but, a ham. But, but Lester I do, Moore but, I, ham, but so. I don't have anything it in front of me, so I feel a little naked that there's not all those metal, all that metal and the cymbals and drums in front of me. But um, yeah, it's a different feeling. It's a very different sensation. Yeah. It, it, like I said, like Jodine, who's to me a guitar god, were mine anyway. Great um, You know, when he said, I would be terrified, you know, I was thinking, yeah, you know it's what? Like, how does you she haven't it? tried it, <laughs> you know? And, and, of course, with, you know, with a lot of um, backing up from, you know, wonderful musicians, not only are they great musicians, they're great people, you know, it's just like a family type of atmosphere. So I, kind, I was super lucky, and that's what I'm going to say about that. Well, that sounds like some great stuff coming up. Uh, what, what do you, what, musically, what's next for the Jessica? Saturday, we're bringing our instruments over to uh, Lemon... George, he's producing us. Um, he worked with Phoenix Thunderstone, um, Inferno of Joy, who Juna played bass in for a couple of years. And um, he produced them, and he, he's done a lot of work. If you look his work up in the internet, you'll find he even did a, a film, a wonderful film, about a uh, blues player singing uh, throaty vocals. I think in Thailand. Anyway, we're recording with him on Sunday, and it's going to be, this is, uh, we are evolving. The Yeskos are evolving in a different direction. Not that we're going to ever lose our roots and punk rock and such, but we're definitely going more towards the countryside and the Americana side. And, of course, we're always strange and we'll always be original. Um, so I'm going to be bringing my banjo. June is going to be bringing a keyboard. And then there's some other keyboards that he has that uh, George has or uh, Lemon has that uh, we're going to experiment with. Um, I'm going to bring an acoustic guitar and we're going to re-record I, because he that was his uh, request. We're going to re-record Maria and then we're going to record our other new songs that we've only played live in front of people so um we're really excited that's going to be this sunday um so that's poor lester i guess is back to the skin flute oh my god what am i going to be playing (laughs) now i've learned how to play um differently with um uh, acoustic music and uh it's been a challenge for me but also um a wonderful thing so i'm looking forward to the recording no i'm still going to be playing a few electric guitar Mm -hmm. parts too so no you're still going to be playing the drums you know, it's just going to sound more stripped down. Oh, yeah. It's going to identify more the different instruments or introduce. Also, uh, June is also bringing the lap steel, which is also a new instrument in the Yes Goes. And, oh, stand-up acoustic bass. Yeah. 
double, let's see, Always stand popular, up, yes. Yeah, stand up acoustic well, we double bass. We want to keep growing, you know, we want to keep growing and expanding. So, and um, we have our basics and our, our base of our entire band, and that will always be there. We'll always play oh, those yeah. songs. We'll always, we'll even take songs from the early days and change them up a little bit. They sound oh, yeah. completely different. Um, it's just the ability to create new music, to be able to play songs we've never played before. Things that, different timing, different rhythms, different um, beats. Um, uh, it's just, it's our expression and it's always good to be fresh. Otherwise you get stale. You gotta keep yeah. doing new stuff. You gotta venture out. And it's, it's, when we started to play acoustic, it was like almost a disaster because I couldn't play quiet enough. And now I can. And it's actually impressive to our audiences that we can do it. So yeah, we'll always cool. expand on stuff and try something different. Yeah, I, I will say the Yeskos have been quite fortunate um, with the musicians, the friends we've made, you know, and um, we mostly play in San Francisco because we are a San Francisco band, but we've met people all over the Bay Area, and there's a co commonality about musicians, and we've definitely received a lot of love. And also, we, we're lucky, because, maybe because we started off the bat of not being specific, gender specific exactly. So we were able to play with many different bands from genre. genres of styles. <laughs> and so now we, st we also still feel welcome to continue going in that direction of not being pigeonholed. Mm -hmm. um, and again, you know, with now with introducing new instruments and such, people are excited and enthusiastic. And so again, we're very, very grateful. It's also we get to play different stuff. So um, we've been able to play with hardcore bands. Uh, we played with uh, the Chop Tops, which is rockabilly. Yeah. Uh, we've played, played with um, the um, Vibrators. Yeah, we opened for the Vibrators, which is old yeah. style English punk rock. Uh, we've also just been able to expand our horizons and play with bands that normally we would have never heard of. Yeah, and that's another thing we like to do, and we're proud of that. We're able to play a lot of different different types of music, and and again, we've been given a lot of love. We give a lot of love, and it's kind of real special to have a band. We've been around now since um, as a band with the as the Yes goes, almost uh, six well, years. Five, six years going and, on six years, and some bands don't last that long. Um, we're we have the same original members from six years ago as the Yes goes, and. And um, it's nice to be able to be the Yeskos and yeah. to keep playing something different. And, and growing, growing yeah, and together. Growing. You know, originally when we first started, Juna uh, did not really want to sing too much. She just wanted to do a little bit of backups here and there. And now we've gotten full-blown where Juna does leads. I do backups. We switch around. We're doing a lot of her songs. Her songs are coming up more and more now. You know, I've and, even got a lead. And you've got a lead. Of all the things. Yeah. <laughs> surprise, surprise. On actually our, our yeah, the not wrote. my favorite song. I'm going to say it. I'll, I'll confess on the air. Um, but, um, but we do the song because Lester has a lead in it. He sings lead. Yeah. And so we compromise, you know, and we work together that way. And, and uh, you know, there's a really great sense of good communication between the band members. 
And so that's part of the magic, you know, of, of the ESCOs, and that's why we can continue to grow. All right. So where can folks go to find out more about your band? Like, your, what, where are your websites? What's, right. Can they just do a Google search on yes. the ESCOs, yeah. and, yes. and your stuff's going to pop? You'll link oh, yeah. up to everything from Facebook to our old MySpace to YouTube videos and all that. So just put that Even in the there. Black Christmas. And, yeah, yeah, that comes up a that lot. Comes up you'll, a lot. you'll find or even just go to YouTube and type in the yes goes with the apostrophe S and you'll find us in there. So there's if you type it in, you'll find us. We've got enough presence. You know, we've been around six years and people put videos up. We don't even know about sometimes. And that's always a surprise. And um, yeah, so you'll find us. And it's pretty easy to find. Us. Yeah. All right. So you've got your guitar with you. You're going to play some uh, songs for us. Yeah, I'm going to attempt that. <laughs> All right, let's take a break, and we'll set up the mics for that. All right. All right, Sophie V of the Yeskos doing 24. Okay, I just want to make um, clear that usually I don't ever sing lyrics to this song. No. I'm doing it because our cat just recently passed away. Our cat's name was 24, so I wrote the song about him. Usually, again, it's only just instrumental, which I do with uh, Juna and the Yes Goes. So this is very special, Dan. This is for you. Hopefully it'll work out all right. <laughs>
All right, thanks, guys. Thanks for being here on Music Live Radio. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for having us, Dan. Thanks so much. All right, thanks again to the Yescos. We've got some show dates for you. Friday, November 2nd, Viva Los Muertos with The Shames, Cathedral Ghost, Talky Tina, and the Yescos. This is all at the Jury Room in Santa Cruz. Check that out. $3 to $5 cover. Saturday, November 3rd, Garage Punk, Trash, Punk, Surf, Yellcore, and Power Atelia Drop featuring The Shames, Cathedral Ghost, The Bab Johnson Gang, Talky Tina, and The Eskos. That's at Eli's Mile High Club in Oakland. November 4th at The Brainwash. I believe this is an acoustic show with The Narrow Trash. We've got Friday, November 9th at Mardi Gras in Redwood City with The Mengs and Luca Brasi. That's Lester's B-Day show. That's free. show starts at 8 p.m. And we leave you with the song Gootsy, sung by Juna, the bass player in the band, with backing vocals from Sophie. Last, fast, fast. Thanks for checking out Music Live Radio, and we'll catch you next time. If you get a chance, stop by iTunes and write a review of the podcast. It helps get the word out there. Thanks again. Music Live Radio.